This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as Capitol Hill continues to focus on big tech and, to a degree, a potential ban of Chinese social platform TikTok, we're starting to see states take it upon themselves to get involved. Montana lawmakers last week voting to ban TikTok, preventing app stores from providing it for download for users in that state. And that bill is headed for Governor Greg Gianfort's uh, desk for signing. But again, much of the focus still continues to be around the efforts by congressional leaders. Pleasure to be joined right now by Senator Mark Warner of the state of Virginia. He is also chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. A committee, excuse me. Senator Warner, pleasure to have you with us. Welcome to Wharton Business Daily. Dan, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. Uh, where do we stand right now with all of this? Because obviously it's been at the forefront of your committee uh, over the last several months. Uh, you and Senator John Thune uh, recently brought forward the Restrict Act. Uh, I guess it's still a process that is in the midst of trying to figure out what path is the best path. You're, you're absolutely right, Dan. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we've got 26 co-sponsors, even number of Democrats and Republicans. We've been backed by the um, the Biden administration. But I also don't underestimate the amount of money that TikTok is spending to try to lobby against this bill and, frankly, put out misinformation. And let me just give the starting point here. Our approach to how we deal with foreign technology from countries like China and Russia – and it could mean um, you need to sell off the asset or put other guardrails in place because this issue, particularly in terms of competition with China, is, is only going to get um, uh, more challenging going ahead. And the reason why we, we feel TikTok meets that national security concern, and I would quickly point out this is not just a conclusion reached by the American government. You know, the Canadians, the Brits, the Europeans, the Australians have all banned TikTok off their, off their government phones. India banned its, out, its use outright three years ago. The BBC recently said to journalists in, in the UK, uh, you ought to not have this because uh, uh, the Chinese can use this for spying purposes. You know, we feel the two major concerns are the ability for TikTok to collect users' data, and we've seen plenty of evidence of that, or the fact that there are 150 million Americans on TikTok, and, and TikTok says on an average of 90 minutes a day, what a powerful, powerful um, propaganda tool should yeah. China decide to tweak the algorithms um, to promote, you know, they could promote a view that says Taiwan is part of China, or they could promote a view that says Ukraine really should uh, be a Russian vassal state. And I don't think we have to wait for those events to happen before we realize this is a national security concern. And then one quick last point, I know you've got plenty of questions, is that yep. you know, people will say, well, what about, what about Facebook? What about uh, Twitter? What about yeah. American social media platforms? And I agree. Uh, I think Congress's record on having any guardrails around American social media is uh, been abysmal. I think we need a privacy law. I think we need a kids' online safety bill. I would even do Section 230 reform. But there is something different when we're talking about uh, when we're talking about TikTok, which is owned by ByteDance, since Chinese law explicitly says any Chinese yeah. company has to turn over data and has to be reliant upon the Communist Party and not loyal to its shareholders or, or customers. So then what's your reaction to states like Montana taking the moves that they have made and, and basically you know, jumping on this now while you and your other leaders there in, in Washington, D.C. are working to try and figure out what is best? 
Well, I think Montana – I think there are, are questions whether the Montana law will stand up in court. I don't – you know, I, I went to law school, but I don't pr- pretend to be a uh, well-informed lawyer. We have right. had a lot of, of um, you know, legal experts look at our bill to make sure it could stand uh, constitutional muster. I mean whether it is TikTok or any other platform that involves communications, there are First Amendment um, rights that have to be protected. Um, so I'm not sure how the Montana issue will play out. I do know this, uh, that you can't go anywhere without see TikTok advertising. Those of us in D.C., there's lots of uh, kind of political cheat seats each day you get. They're called Axios or Politico or Punchbowl. Yep. TikTok is, has um, been sponsoring all of them. And some of the misinformation that's out there is, you know, for example, if even if our bill became law and it went through this legal process and TikTok was banned, there would be no penalty if an individual American said, I still want to use TikTok. I want to use a VPN to go around the rules. There would be no prosecution of individual Americans, number one. Number two, a company that just happens to be doing business in China would not be affected. Uh, you, you have to demonstrate that the company is literally controlled um, directly or indirectly by the Chinese Communist Party. Number three, you know, this is not some massive expansion of government power. Matter of fact, the, the bulk of our legislation we literally copied from the existing laws around, for example, Section 301 trade restrictions. So there's been a lot of hyperbole uh, put out um, uh, by the by the TikTok um, lobbying efforts. And and I let me, let me also quickly say there's a lot of creativity on TikTok. There's a lot of people that are social influencers sure. that make their money off of TikTok. I think that's great, and I candidly believe you know that that the need will be there. And there will be a re- if TikTok were to be prohibited, there, the market would produce an alternative. And whether and that doesn't have to be an Amer- American alternative; it could be a Brazilian, Canadian, Indian. I just think there is there is something different when we're talking about nations like China, Russia, Iran, North Korea that are defined as adversarial in our law already. And, and I it, 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 I appreciate you bringing up the the issue of First Amendment because I, I wanted to touch on it with you anyway. Is that we are kind of now into this new realm when you thought about first amendment 20 30 40 years ago it was what somebody said out in the public or said in a newspaper article we've kind of moved to this different world and this goes to the larger discussion around big tech that that you are obviously part of on capitol hill about where we are right now with the influence of big tech obviously the component of tiktok is 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 one part of it and kind of the larger scale thought process that needs to go on from our leaders, from yourself and others, on Capitol Hill now and over the next several years around the issues of big tech, big data, social platforms. And these are all components that, while they may have different elements to them, are intertwined. You're absolutely right. And again, I think Congress gets a horribly failing grade for putting any guardrails on social media. I mean, I think social media, there's a lot of great things that have come out of it. But there is, and I say this as a former tech uh, you know, business guy. I was in the wireless business, started the company Nextel, was a venture capitalist. Yeah. So I, I don't come to this uh, totally uninformed. But the fact that we still don't have a privacy law in this country, the fact that we've got no kind of protection for kids' online safety, I personally believe that you know the get-out-of-jail-free card uh, that the, the big platform companies had by using Section 230, uh, which – grants them no liability at all. I frankly think we could change that and say if you if you break the law in the virtual world, if it's a, a 
if it's the same as breaking the law in the tangible world, uh, Section yeah. 230 ought to not be a, a, a wholesome or 100 percent protection. Um, but we've done nothing on that. And, boy, if, if your listeners really want to get spun up, um, if we do the same kind of hands-off approach on the development of AI, which will be – exponentially more transformative, uh, I think we could really be uh, in a very difficult position. So from the legal perspective, then, the the, the want and the call uh, by some people to have the White House, whether it be this administration or the past administration, to take a stronger move on TikTok with some sort of executive order, that realistically wouldn't, I, I, it sounds like it wouldn't have had uh, the ability to move forward because of the uh, of the legal concerns. Right. President Trump tried to ban TikTok by an executive order. That did not stand up in court. So what we've tried to do in our law is give a – or in our bill is to give with a very high standard that the government would have to prove a national security risk, would have to show direct, you know, direct or indirect control, in this case by China. Um, there are stricter standards around uh, communication tools. As a matter of fact, AIPA, uh, the um, the law back in the 1970s is the law that we are amending to try to make sure that um, uh, these these additional powers given to the Secretary of Commerce uh, would would stand legal scrutiny. Uh, and so, and I think that's the burden. I think the the burden has to be on on the government. But the notional idea that um, we shouldn't be concerned. Because at the end of the day, TikTok owned by ByteDance, uh, I believe, is, is, can be used for uh, uh, inappropriate purposes by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, I think that is a security concern. There will be free speech absolutists who will completely disagree. And I, I may disagree with them, but I understand their position. But some of the misinformation that's been put out uh, about our legislation uh, is, uh, is really overwrought. But in this realm of a time where we see so much uh, illegal activity uh, via the world of the Internet, uh, you have to really almost take each one of these instances, you know, at the potential of, of, of maximum impact, don't you? You really do. And you have to at least think it through. And one of the things that's been curious, and I, you know, where I started seeing what I thought were the the, the really dark underbelly of some of the social media companies was after the 2016 election, where we saw the Russian government manipulate in our American electoral process. Uh, originally, Facebook denied this was taking place, and then they had to fully acknowledge that through the use of bots and other tools, uh, Russians were using um, Facebook as a way to uh, uh, sow discord. Um, but the, the, the remarkable thing is, even though there was consensus around that, uh, these these social media companies they have enormous enormous power. We have basically batted zero. Even though I've got a series of bipartisan uh, bills uh, out there that have been you know not been successful. Uh, but I and what's remarkable is sometimes the social media companies will say, well, we do need some rules. We'll do something. I mean, we haven't even been able to do, for example, data portability and interoperability. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when it was really hard to move from one telephone company to another until we had number portability. I think we ought to have data portability. Uh, so if yeah. you're tired of Facebook, you can move to Nuco easily and still interoperate um, with your friends on the old platform. Uh, they say they support some of these things, but when push comes to shove, uh, 
they they quietly try to kill this kind of legislation. So um, it, and it, it's going to be an interesting kind of case in point to see uh, when you've got all of these governments around the world saying TikTok has the normal concerns but even greater because of its uh, potential abuse by the Communist Party of China. If we can't even make progress on this, it, it doesn't bode well in terms of um, – where we stand when we take on what could even be a more challenging domain around artificial intelligence. You know, and, and it is interesting, Senator, not to you know throw a lot of the political back and forth into this into this questioning, but it is interesting to see this play out and how kind of the realm of tech, whether it's coming from different perspectives seemingly has bonded or brought together, at least for the time being, Democrats and Republicans on these specific issues. You're right. This is um, I think the challenges around China is one of the last truly bipartisan issues. I think the concerns about um, tech is also uh, bipartisan. Uh, I do think it's been interesting where we have gotten criticism uh, is from the far left and from the far right, you know, the so-called media figures like Tucker Carlson. So in a normal process, you know, uh, as, as somebody that's part of all the bipartisan gangs working on infrastructure, working on broadband, you know, working on the, the, the issues around semiconductors, that's normally a, a place I wouldn't mind being, getting some incoming from both the far left and the far right. Uh, but, I, but I don't, again, underestimate what TikTok will – what it will do to, in terms of spending money or misrepresenting. We were moving, you know, making great, great progress on this bill. Uh, the TikTok CEO, Mr. Show, testified in the House and got pretty well beat up. And then the uh, uh, the, the lobbying campaign um, the, and some of the misinformation started. So, you know, it's part of the sausage-making process. And one of the things I've said to our critics, if there are ways we can make more clear that this is not a government overreach, that this is not – would not ever go after any individual American, that it is right. not taking on companies that just happen to do some business in China. We will do that through the legislative process to, to, to clarify. But you've got to start with whether you agree or disagree with the notion that a company that has this much data and this much potential to um, uh, put a, a – put I believe, propaganda out, whether that crosses the threshold of a, of a national security concern. And so let me finish up with this. And I, I'm, a, I'm a dad to three, uh, two girls and a boy, and my two girls are, are lovers of TikTok. And, and so this is also a, you know, a bit of a consumer story as well. And, and so what do you say to, to parents whose kids are on TikTok, knowing, you know, what you just said about, you know, if an individual wants to use it down the road, that's, you know, not going to be a prosecutor. But I think there are a lot of parents out there that, with all of this conversation going on, have concerns about what potentially could become of any information that their kids could bring forward on TikTok. Well, I would be concerned as a parent. My kids are a little bit older. They're in their late 20s and early 30s. Um, but the notion, because it, it if TikTok, well, the, the genius of TikTok is it knows what you like, yeah. and it's it's more than just about you know cool videos. Literally, of the 18 to 24 year olds, about 40 percent of the, of Americans in that age bracket get their news from TikTok. And you really want, um, as a as a parent, to have your your child's likes potentially known as a data point. Uh, by a foreign government that could be used for blackmail. Now, let me quickly say, 
there's a lot of good that goes on on TikTok, and I do think I would, you know, if if there is an exact TikTok replica that happens to be not from a country like China or Russia, then that's fine in the marketplace. Uh, and I also yeah. think, you know, on a broader basis, you know, people will say, well, what about Facebook and YouTube? And I say, we still do need kids' online safety protections. We need a privacy law, but it. But we also, I believe, need have a national security framework to deal with, with technology risks from these countries that we view as adversarial. Senator, great to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time Thanks today. Thanks for having me so much. Take care. Thank you. Senator Mark Warner of the state of Virginia, chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.